I'm Megan Sheets. Welcome to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. I believe that you get out what you put into anything you do, including parenting. In this podcast, my dad and I talk about mindful parenting from the perspective of two generations. I find that these conversations about different parenting approaches not only challenge me, but also help me to feel more connected with my toddler. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. I'm Megan. I'm here with my dad, Dennis. And today we're talking about expectations. And really we're talking about how to manage expectations of ourself so that we don't get in our own way of finding joy in parenting. So dad, I'll give you the brief of the scenario, which is last, um, last Saturday I was watching Bird. And we have this really cool home project going on. You know about it, but people listening may not. We've knocked out uh, her closet to make this big kind of walk-in playroom uh, and closet hybrid. So my husband, Cody, has been working on that, you know, morning till night, several weekends in a row, especially during the quarantine. He's working on it solo. So um, Bird and I have all day together on Saturdays. And Last Saturday, I found myself just really run down and tired and just feeling like I can barely keep my eyes open. And I was feeding her before her afternoon nap and decided to let myself off the hook of my kind of expectations of how the day should go with her. And I turned on a TV show on Netflix that I'm just personally watching, not a kid's show, a show that I'm watching, and let that episode run while I was feeding her. And suddenly I felt like normal again. I felt full of energy. And then I, that was kind of a red flag to myself that, you know, I'm having these physical feelings of being tired because of my own mental thoughts. And so I wanted to talk about that because I know I'm not the only parent out there that has expectations of, you know, my kids should have this much time with the TV on and no more than that and this much time outside. And I want to make sure they're eating healthy and getting all their energy out and reading plenty of books and at some point, it I know it just mentally drains me, um, and I need to find ways just to let go of those expectations. Okay, well, for me, it sounds like you're trying to be super mom, and whenever you try to be super mom, then your needs get pushed to the side, and you put birds' needs in front of your own 100% of the time. Uh, You need to, everybody needs to take care of themselves first and foremost, because if you're not doing good, then the quality of your parenting will suffer. So trying to do everything to be perfect all the time, it's not only draining, it's impossible. You need to be more spontaneous and let your own own thoughts kind of help you plan your day in which almost there is no plan. Uh, You can have a basic outline and then be very comfortable with that changing because you'll be doing something and something else will hit you that, well, that would be fun to do and Mm -hmm. you run with it. So the point being is you don't lock yourself down into uh, one hour TV, 30 minutes of reading, uh, 30 minutes of coloring. You don't do that. You 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 keep an open mind and kind of let your own thoughts guide you. 
Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, like uh, <clears throat> if you were outside and all of a sudden you saw a grasshopper jumping across the yard. Well, you hadn't planned on that. But boy, wouldn't it be neat to catch that grasshopper and show it to, to Bird and let her experience what a grasshopper is. Uh, or, you know, and it, it depends on how squeamish you are. But if there's like a, a puddle in the backyard and, and you want to go all, just go over there and just start splashing in it. Well, the, you know, everybody's going to get dirty. Uh, but if you ever seen a kid outside walking down the street or the sidewalk and there's a puddle, they just go and start jumping in it. Uh, and so it's just fun. Uh, so you, you be, you become flexible and you may not get the reading time in, or you may not get the coloring time in. And hopefully you, you off, very often don't get the TV time in because TV time is really <clears throat> a tool for you in which you need to be doing something different to maintain the house or yourself. And you need uh, a distraction for the child for a short period of time. Well, that's almost where I'm running into a challenge is I, I understand that. I understand that TV time is really for the parent. I mean, on a usual day, birds only TV time is when Cody and I are both cooking dinner and she doesn't want to be in her pack and play, but we need her to be safe in her pack and play so we can cook dinner together, you know? So, and that's almost that expectation of TV time is only for parent time. And it's a children's show, something that hopefully will be at least a little educational kind of that line of thinking is what led me to that moment that I was describing where, I felt like I couldn't just watch a TV show while I was feeding her for my own enjoyment. Well, that's what I'm telling you is uh Supermom will make that TV show educational, somehow beneficial for the child. Uh, the better version of, of mom is one that says, <clears throat> uh, I need to laugh. And I know this show I'll enjoy immensely. And, Bird can just hang while I enjoy my show. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, th that's the thing is trying to be the perfect parent squelches the child. And, and I know that may not sound like it, it, it's logical, but the fact of the matter is we're human and we tend to wander in our thinking and children, their wandering is curiosity. They wonder about this and what will this do and how that'll work. And that's how they learn. And mm -hmm. when you try to frame everything they do all day, then you're squelching that. The most ideal thing would to have at least half the time in which they just do what they want to do and you follow them around and make sure that they're safe and you intervene and try to <clears throat> expand on maybe a, a something that's a curiosity to them. Uh, and so it becomes educational while they're, they're exploring their world. I, I agree with that. And I, that was a separate kind of moment of realization in this journey of me realizing I need to 
relax a bit. And one, uh, along what you're saying, along the lines of what you're saying, one other thought that I had was, you know, with the whole, you need to talk to your child as much or your toddler, especially to help with language development. So during my time, uh, during the week with her, because right now during the pandemic, Cody and I are uh, splitting up our, our work days and uh, watching Bird. So during my time with her, I find myself kind of following her around, of course, for safety, but then just talking to her like, oh, this is that. That's a purple this. This is a green leaf. This is the grass because it's spring and we like spring. Trying to say everything possible. And then the other day, I kind of did what you're saying and just let her go roam. And it was a happy moment because I saw she was, you know, doing so much on her own and kind of talking to herself and having her own discovery. And that made me realize it's okay just to be silent sometimes and not always be doing something. Sometimes the best role I can have is just, you know, keeping her safe, but letting her, you know, do her own thing. And I had not realized that before. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. Super mom tries to teach at every teaching moment. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing sometimes, but I think uh, the other route uh, is, is better most of the time in which you allow them to explore. And as they get older and they can actually communicate with you, <clears throat> it makes it easier to answer questions and to teach them how to find their own answers. Uh, we are naturally curious and, and, as parents, we want to nurture that curiosity and not squelch it. I was having a good conversation with Jesse, uh, who's my brother, and he sent me a quote from a book. It's called The Book of Joy, and I found it really relatable and something I can kind of apply to parenting. And that quote is, symptoms of chronic stress are feeling fragmentation and of chasing time of not being able to be present. And I think we all as parents, new parents or not, you understand at this age, the value of having a schedule. And so you really buy into, okay, we have this schedule and it, it does, it makes everything go so much smoother. She gets the rest that she needs. We know when we can plan stuff. It's great. But I almost think that being in that regimented schedule is what, gets my mind to be less flexible during the time that should be flexible, you know, during that play time. I think my mind is getting so regimented that I'm chasing time to the next thing. Okay, we have 30 minutes. How do we maximize this 30 minutes, you know, to, the, to do the best thing for bird before at 2.30 is snack time. So, you know, we'll do a little coloring, then we'll go for a walk. It's like my mind just immediately plans in those moments where it's not necessary. I, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. Uh, the, the really the schedules are great, but the schedules are painted with broad strokes other than sleeping and eating. You keep them on schedule as, as close to that as you can. Uh, of course, being a little bit flexible when you're out and about, but during this time of the pandemic, that is not happening that often. So the schedules are great for everybody's sanity. 
Mm-hmm. But the gaps between when I'm eating and sleeping, those are the, the precious times in which you don't plan. You, you allow them to figure it out for themselves. So in a room, you can have a box with the, the crayons and the coloring, and then you have the shelf with the books, and you have the box with the toys. You have all these options, and you can kind of just let them walk through their options and she will go from one thing to the next uh, and, and, and start playing with something. I mean, that's when being uh, very observant is when you, you get the inspiration to seize the moment. If you're planning on what that moment's supposed to be, you'll never get the inspiration. And the inspiration for me is where the fun really comes in. Well, I wonder what she'll do if I do this. And then you find out. Mm-hmm. And she, she will have the same inspirations with you. Well, she may be thinking, because we don't really know exactly, but you can kind of tell by her body language. Cody was telling me a story the other day about how she would stick her hand over next to the outlet to see what she would do. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. you down. Look out and drop it while staring at you. She's doing the same thing. What will they do? And so she's learning uh, what it is they will do when she does something. And so it's that inspirational moment that is the gold in parenting. But the the real gold is when you have an inspired moment and think, I could show her this right now. Or what will she do if I do this? Right. And those are precious. And as they get older, your inspirations can be even more complicated. At at Bird's age, uh, they need to be fairly simple. But she'll get it, and uh, that's where the fun is. You just can't plan these things. That's what I'm. Super mom plans everything. Inspirational, mindful mom observes, and then we'll have that moment of inspiration and act on it. And we have to give ourselves the space. And if I don't give myself the space and that flexibility, you know, then like you said, it's a planned moment. It's not a golden moment, like you're describing. So. And kind of reflecting on what we're talking about, it's really the the best parenting version of yourself is also, you know, the the, the version of yourself that gives yourself grace and isn't trying to be perfect. It's unplanned. That's what I'm telling you. The best parenting of yourself is unplanned. Maybe this one little incident, and I bet you remember even though you were pretty young, I bet you remember Rocket Man and the monkey in Rocket Man when he had to bunk up with the monkey. That's yeah. when you know, he was at the bottom of the list. <laughs> he had to sleep with the monkey. And then uh-huh. I started jumping around on the couches acting like a monkey. And then we all started jumping around and jumping on the couch and acting like a monkey. Oh and yeah, I remember. Inspired at the time, this what would they do if I just start being crazy? 
and you all joined right in and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. I, I have really good memories of that. That was, I think we all did it. And then I think we rewinded it and just did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and just kept doing it because <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, so that, that is just a, one example of hundreds and thousands of examples when I just seized the moment and it, I didn't plan it. It just hit me. And you, everybody has these inspirations. Not everybody acts on them. And the more controlling of you are of your own self, the less likely you are to be inspired. Inspiration comes from being mindful in which you aren't thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. Uh, you're just experiencing the moment. And in those moments, you will be inspired to do something. Uh, and that's those are the golden moments. Those are the, the fun moments that you'll remember, the kids will remember, and it'll bring a smile to their face their whole life. Now, I don't know what the price tag is for that, but I don't know that you can buy that. That is just something you have to create. I agree, and I think that, almost letting yourself be kid-like, kind of like your monkey moment, you know, where you can have fun with them and have, you know, really connect. And, but, you know, okay. So thinking about that, you said inspiration comes from being mindful in order to be mindful. You can't be thinking about five minutes ago. You can't be thinking about what's next. And that's what I was talking about earlier is chronic stress comes from chasing time and, for me, that comes from thinking about what's next on the schedule. And I think that in order to really reframe my thinking, I need to be aware of those unplanned golden moments, you know, what, what that looks like and be aware when there's not those golden moments so that it's okay to have my adult mind and be thinking about chores and I tend to agree with you with the feeding, changing diaper, you know, a lot of that is the necessary. And interestingly, we started this whole conversation with me talking about letting myself take a break and watch a TV show during her eating. And so I think during feeding and snack time, which really adds up when you think about three meals and three snacks a day, that that's time where it's okay if I'm also doing the dishes while I'm while I'm feeding her or also turning on a TV show and doing some things that are productive or maybe checking work email while feeding her, because that's not a golden moment. I should let myself off the hook in those moments that aren't, you know, they're more just necessity moments. A golden moment can happen anytime, anywhere, doing anything. They're just sometimes in situations that are, that are more likely to produce a golden moment than then it, other comes, then it comes back to expectations of, okay, if I feel like I need to be in that frame of mind for her all the time, it comes back to that original expectation of super mom where I'm never going to turn on the TV because I could miss a golden moment. No, because you can have a golden moment watching TV. We did that with Rocket Man. Well, I mean, my own TV show. <laughs> Even with your own TV show, uh, you can have a golden moment with her because just because you enjoy it doesn't mean she won't. 
because of her watching you. Because you better believe that she's watching you. And you'll know this when she starts cussing because she's listening to you too. So she not only watching you, she's listening to you. She behaves and duplicates what you do. So it's a continuous uh, experience for us all. Uh, it just depends on where we place our focus. Are we placing our focus on the TV? Are we placing our focus on uh, doing the dishes? Are we placing our focus on play? Uh, it, it, it comes down to, and this is part of being mindful, being aware when your mind goes on what you're going to have to do 30 minutes from now, an hour from now, tomorrow, <clears throat> next week, and looking back and thinking, uh, could have been better, should have done that. These are, these are distractions away from what's occurring right now. I'm not saying that you don't have a plan. You do. Uh, I'm not saying that you, you, don't, you don't look to the future and say, well, I've got to go to the store. You do. These are all necessary things. You just don't stay there. Once you've got your plan, then you come back to what is going on right now. Right. You, you, you do keep an eye, uh, you know, so I was going to go uh, grocery shopping at three. So you glance at the clock, not three. Okay. Two thirty. Gotta start getting ready. You know, so it's not an absolute, nobody stays in the moment a hundred percent of the time. It's not going to happen. Uh, Jedi masters don't do that. Uh, so it's, it's being aware so that red flags go off in your head when you're spending too much time thinking about what might be or what might have been. I, okay, so I have thought, and I'm just sitting here listening to you and then hearing what you're saying, and you know, my mind wants to think about how can I apply this? Because ultimately, that's, that's what I want. I want to be more mindful, let myself off the hook and, um, you know, enjoy those golden moments. And I think about our day and what that looks like. And there's, like you said, there's nap time, there's eat time and there's play time. And I think just the key thing to remember here is in order to really be mindful during something like playtime, I need to not feel like my environment is mass chaos. I need to not feel like there's dishes in the sink and my work email has been going off for an hour. I mean, those kind of distractions make it very hard to have a golden moment because now you're just multitasking. Your mind's in multiple places. You're not succeeding anywhere. And if you think about the reality of the time spent, you know, with Bird during all of her waking hours, you know, I know they say during sleep time, okay, then you can go clean, check work email, be productive. But at some point, that's not enough. You know, a couple hours a day isn't enough to really just turn all that off when she's back awake and it's time to relax and be in the moment and curious and all of that all over again. I, from my perspective, I feel like there's got to be some awake time that she's in the pack and play and I'm cleaning or working or doing, you know, something to where I am able to feel like enough 
has been done and I can just completely give her my attention and be mindful and have, you know, fun together during playtime. Just because Bird is in the pack and play doesn't mean you can't be mindful about what it is that you are doing. You, when you're checking your work email, then that's where your focus should be. And, and when you're doing the dishes, then that's where your focus should, deep, should be. If you're doing the dishes and you're washing knives and you lose focus, you could very well get cut. Uh, right. Or break a dish. But anyway, the point here is <clears throat> being mindful in everyday life is a goal uh, and not really an attainable goal. It's one of those goals that you'll succeed at uh, sometimes and won't be successful at other times. The whole point is to be successful at that goal more than you're not. So if you get to where, and see, most people are probably mindful less than 3% 3 of the time, 4%. It's a very low number because most people go through life and are never present in what it is that they're doing now. They are always on the phone uh, looking to the future or thinking about the past. So if you could get being mindful to 50%, you would be ahead of most people and happier. Stress comes from anticipation, uh, anticipating what's going to happen the next moment, anticipating what's going to be around the corner. Uh, you know, through anticipation, we get stress uh, mm-hmm. because we're trying to look to the future, a future that is impossible to see or to plan for. You know, not a lot of people want to hear that. There's not a lot you can do uh, about what's going to happen the next moment because things may change rapidly that were never in the plans. <laughs> As all, we've all learned recently. <laughs> yeah, we're all experiencing that now. Um uh, just any plan that you thought you had for this summer, ah, <laughs> it just changed in a moment. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> yes, and is life isn't all about Bird. It's not all about Cody. It's not all about Megan. It's a blend. And you have to take care of every one of those people. You have to take care of you. You have to take care of Cody when he needs you. And you have to take care of Bird while she needs you. On any given day, Bird will get most of the attention. Any given day, Cody will. Any given day, you'll need to take care of yourself. So it's there's no black and white. It's all gray. And there's really, for me, planning anything beyond the normal schedule is difficult to do and you just kind of discover life as it unfolds trying to predict and control how that life unfolds is stressful yeah that doesn't mean i don't decide at 18 i want to go to college i mean that's that's what you do uh or i want to become a carpenter I mean, that's looking to the future. You do those things. But then while you're doing 
those things. You stay present and in what it is that you're doing right now. And as you're driving that nail, learning how to be a carpenter, <clears throat> if you don't stay present with uh, modern tools, you could cut something off you didn't want cut off <laughs> or, yeah. or really hurt yourself in, in, in multiple ways. So you do it being mindful just means staying focused on what it is you're doing right in front of you. So I think being inspired by not going to the past or the future, you get inspired in the moment. That's where the golden moments come from. I love that. And I think that this is kind of the grounding that I was looking for. And yeah, it's, you said something just a minute ago about focus happens in the moment. And especially when, you know, most parents are juggling multiple things. I think it's the key is to understand that your focus will rotate. And it's exactly what you just said. It can't always be one person, one thing. Sometimes it's your child. Sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's your best friend that's going through something. And Sometimes it's yourself and you kind of have some red flags going off, realizing that you're getting burnt out and you know that you cannot be the best version of yourself for all those people you care about when you're burnt out. So now that priority has got to switch and you've got to take some time to focus on yourself. And so it's a good reminder that that's going to rotate and that it's not black and white. It's all gray. It's all using our best judgment on where our focus should be. But when we have that focus, we can be mindful and like you said, that's where inspiration comes from, which is where those special moments come from that, you know, you'll always have together to remember. Any final thoughts? I, I don't think so. I think you summed it up really well. All right. Well, thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about on an upcoming episode, or we'd also like to hear what's been working really well for you. And you can email those ideas and suggestions to generationalwisdompodcast at gmail.com or just reach out to us on Facebook. We would love it if you would like our page and share this episode with anyone you know that would benefit from hearing this conversation. Have a great week.